Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, again, welcome to the show, everyone. It's on any number of platforms that we reach out to. The name of the show is Optimize Your Life. I'm very proud to be a part of the organization. In fact, I'm the president of the board of the Hope Collection, Founded over 10 years ago by my best friend and uh, spiritual guide and business partner, 40 years, Joel and Artis Griffin, who unfortunately we lost him to cancer a little over a year ago. And it's no question a loss in my life because we can't have someone that you talk to almost every day for 40 years and uh, then turn around and lose them. And it's, it certainly hurts. But he set a precedent. He set a pattern. He said our opportunities and he was committed his entire life to being a servant leader. And as I describe a little bit about him, as I'm going to do on today's Hometown Hero show, this is on, we're broadcasting, our home base is Black Talk Radio. It was invented by a gentleman called Burl Walk, a multi-gazillionaire who's got, him and his father founded um, TV Guide and um, Parade Magazine, newspapers, 300 cities. He invented the barcode system that we use to buy all our groceries. Now you see QR codes, but the evolution was all the years for the last 25 years we've been using barcodes and get information gathering. Well, Burl was a genius. He had a heart. He was trying to make this a better world. That was the theme of his radio show when he invented Blog Talk Radio. And so we've been able to broadcast. We were pioneers and one of the first organizations to join this platform reaching out, we went, we've had over 1,800 shows that have been recorded and archived. You can go back and you can hear people, you can hear Joel Griffin hearing stories. We had prayer, we had uh, Wednesdays, we used to do Wednesday prayer time, and uh, we did uh, uh, studies on, on a book and the Bible that were just incredible, and interactions that have touched people's lives for many years. I'm proud when Artith asked me to step in back in the Joel's shoes. Ah, I'll never do that because this guy, well, first of all, when you come across someone who's willing and been introduced to be a friend and be involved in your life, he's got a Ph.D. in math, Penn State. Uh, he's been an advisor to three presidents as the financial analyst for the federal government starting with Ronald Reagan. He happens to be one of my heroes. So I, I, I trust that there was an incredible amount of knowledge and expertise in their action. Joel also was an All-American basketball player and an All-American golfer, two-time two All-American uh, in college. He is father of, and had two children that him and Artis adopted and raised. And today, both Josh and Quinn's our friend and Linda and I and their families, and uh, so we follow them. We're still in contact. We meet. Um, uh, Artists is carrying on the Hope Collection, the, the organization, uh, as uh, the, now the operating founder. And uh, she asked if I would step in. So that's how I got here. Uh, nobody else wanted the position. Um, we are really fortunate. Mondays, Mary Stanley, who I have to talk about here, we're going, I'm just going through a, a, a pattern to give you an example of how this evolved to where we are today. Mary Stanley came into our lives about three years ago. I was introduced, again, third party. Would our paths ever cross? I don't think so. Mary Stanley lives in uh, Minnesota. And uh, somewhere, I think it's they got a signal light in the middle of our town. So 
big thriving metropolis. I live in Buffalo, New York. The likelihood of our ever connecting is about it's only God. That's how I claim it. So in coming along, she became involved with us. She has been trained. She's a veteran. She is an expert. She's a mother. She's a special ed, a special ed mother. And I have two wonderful children. I call them a dynamic duo. And that's Princess and um, um, Luke Skywalker. And their real names are David and Ariana. And, you know, we'll talk about them throughout the show, I'm sure, at some time. But what she has done is she's taken her skills and training, her expertise in computers, and she's on my board, our board. She handles all the communications and systems and platforms. She knows more in five minutes than I know my entire career and anything to do with a computer. So we rely on her, and she's not feeling well today. I told her I'd volunteer, and my wife would step in. And this is an incredibly important show today because for the first time, um, we have a gentleman who was, as I met him only a couple weeks ago, and now have come to get a little bit in the background to know him and see what he is about. I would know, I know three things we've never met. I, can't, I think he's in California, if I'm not mistaken. Is that where you're from, Jim? No. Where are you from? Pennsylvania. But Pennsylvania, right down the road. Yeah, right down the road. Well, that just makes us to be close by, brothers. Anyway, part <laughs> of it, that makes part of us brothers. We're both from the high t- highest tax states in the country, the most controlled government socialist organizations in the world, in the state. But anyway, that's another thing that unites us having that unfortunate part of in our history. Uh, but we were born, we were planted, and now we're doing what we're doing, and we, the past is the past. So anyways, Jim, I met him through an organization that Mary joined and then studied, had went through a training program, and like many of her other talents, she has been certified with a reboot organization. What's reboot mean? Well, I'll tell you what. Look at your computer. When it goes screwy, what do they tell you to do? Reboot it. Pull the plug plug it back in, reopen it, and half the time things get fixed. Unfortunately, and if they don't, you call me. <laughs> and then I call Mary to fix it. Mary, I'm going to give you an order again. I, I know you've been sick, really sick, and to have what you're having, I appreciate your being here. You're welcome, but I want you to, I want you to get better. And if you just I keep know. coming on, you won't be better. I want you better. I need you to be better. Here's Anyways, we all do. Here's Mary the, the time. Thing. I can take a wireless headset, plug it in, go sit down in bed, and listen and talk. Okay, you do that. <laughs> okay, you do that. Well, you understand, Mary is a person that just can't sit. She is, I don't care what time of day you call her, she's at her head. She's like a, a cyborg. Remember Star Trek when they had that guy that was half computer and half guy and she's like it she's got a uh, headset on her head call her in the morning call her at night call her at midnight she's she's taking care of the kids she's taking care of andy she's got that that uh, wireless cyborg headset working for her <laughs> and she does such an incredible job i can't begin to tell you how important that she's become when Joel passed away and a number of your board members and things had felt they had spent their time and they felt it was time for them to move on. Unfortunately, in my heart, my spirit said, we've just begun. We're not done. We're just getting going. And the vision that Joel Griffin had for this organization and helping people, we were just getting started. Well, a little bit of time, but things far along again. Mary came along, and after meeting and talking and sharing things, she stepped into the role. She stepped in, and she not only has joined us, she's become a servant leader of the highest kind. I can't, I can't compliment her enough because she's that kind of person. And she doesn't do it at the sake or the loss of her family. Her family is closer today than it's ever been. She's having challenges in her life like she's never had but she's doing it with victory in her heart, a vision for loving the Lord and going forward. And it's because I believe the affiliation, the association, what we do on the show. And Jim, I do want to introduce you because I met you, like I said, through the uh, reboot program, which why don't you take, if you would please explain to our audience, 
there's about 15 platforms we operate from on any given day, anywhere in, I think, 93 countries. There could be people listening in, or this is being translated, or could be listening in. If you want to call in, you have to use our call-in number. But right now, Jim, would you please share a little bit about the Reboot organization, how you became involved, and what it means to you? If you could do that, I would really appreciate it. Can you help us do that? Oh, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> well, take it away, sir. <laughs> uh, well, I live in uh, southern Pennsylvania, down around Gettysburg. And uh, <clears throat> I got the Valley Forge. Uh, no, Gettysburg. Oh, okay. Hershey Park. No, you're going north. I'm okay. The battlefield. <laughs> I've been there. I've been to every one of them, so I, I do understand. <laughs> well, I, I love Gettysburg. Uh, my wife says that that's my happy place. Uh, I try to get over there as often as I can. My my grandson just loves it over there, so I take him over and give him a tour every now and then. But uh, I got involved with uh, Reboot because I, I wanted to – I've always known that I I wanted to help others. And I saw that Reboot could uh, help me do that. Uh, so I got involved with uh, – uh, I, I, call, I contacted them. They, they called me back and said, uh, well, there's a group that meets on Mondays. Uh, would you be interested in that one? And I said, yeah, sure. So, and that's where I met Mary at. Uh, but the first night that I was in Reboot, I didn't say a word. I didn't speak at all. They, they thought I was mad. <laughs> you kind of looked at well, that's my natural look. I can't help that. <laughs> Don't feel bad. That's my look too. Every everybody I I uh, run into, they say, "Why are you always Why are you always look so mad?" I say, "Well, I'm not mad. That's just the way it is." You're intense, but <clears throat> uh. Re- reboot to me uh, is, is everybody's warrior. Everybody has a story to tell, and it's not reboot to uh, reach out to others, uh, even if they aren't veterans. So, uh, like you know, Mary and I and uh, the rest of the gang. Uh, I'm I'm just there to help. Uh, I do a lot of listening, and uh, I do a lot of contemplating. I've I've always been a heavy thinker. Uh, if like uh, this is this is one of the joyous times of the year, but it's also one of the heaviest times of the heart, and I. Listen to songs that uh, to other people the the words don't really strike heavy, but for me, like joy to the world, I take each word. I I go to joy. You know what 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 that what that what is required of joy, and to the world, everybody thinks you know this blue marbles floating around in space but actually in God's eyes the world is you individually in his eye you are the apple of his eye you are the world to him and whenever I sat in in the palm of his hand in 72 uh, I was the world to him He's got the whole world in, in it, and I was that world. And 
that that's uh, that's what that means uh, to me. Um, and I, you know, I do I do other thinking. I I do a lot more writing than I do thinking, uh, speaking. So even though I do like to try and get back into the speaking a little bit, I was I, I spoke at my church on a few things, uh, laughter in the church. A lot of people think, well, that's sacrilege. But uh, <clears throat> I made them laugh because I, I wore the uh, Mad Hatter's hat. And uh, I, I enjoy making people or getting them to, uh, to laugh. Because laughter is good for the soul and it's good for the health. Well, Jim, can I say this? From what I observed in our conversations uh, that Monday night when uh, you had the celebration and the recognition of people like self who graduated from uh, one of the certifications that Reboot as an organization provides people, and it's really a, tr- it's a roadmap. It's an organization of people, men and women, that are looking to have and getting something that moves you from where you are to where you look towards where you like to be. It's not a fast track. It's not like a European speed bullet. It's like old-fashioned steam engines, right? So it goes at a pace that is that you can live with. And so there's many times there's great programs on them, but they're today here and tomorrow they're three years, three miles down the road. And if you're not there, you can't even keep up and it's not likely to have you stay around long. Our whole objective is to stick around. Our objective right. is, as Joel's whole thought, is that we become servant leaders. You know, most people that are having trials, some of their problem is that they have a clenched heart, clenched hands, and clenched heart. Now, there are legitimate reasons why they have that, and there are reasons that are not legitimate, but they're they're there. You can't deny it. It's there. And so mm-hmm. what you have to do is find the keys. And somebody's keys for you might be different than the keys for Mary. I mean, you didn't have two kids. and You know, you may have children, but she had, she physically had two kids. You and I mm-hmm. are never going to experience this. <laughs> so how could we, how could we say, well, we know, we know how you feel in that area. You don't have a clue. And okay. so many of the, so many of the program help programs are set up, and they're like cookie cutter. They, in some ways, they have to be. In a general outline, they have to be. But in in reality, on a day to day basis, they have to be custom. So it's one to one. You can affect, and you can have be affected by groups of things. But in reality, where it really comes to is a change where it comes in a one to one. I say it starts with your maker. See, everybody has to come to grips with the fact that we are a creation. And when you come to grip with that, then you can understand there's somebody that's bigger and better than us. And when you do that, then you can accept help because if it comes from him, there's two places to get help from. One is Holy God Almighty, and the other one's the enemy. Now, if you go the enemy route, he's on your right shoulder. Well, I'll say he's on your left. He's on your left shoulder. On your right shoulder is Lord God Almighty. Now, which one is going to, you have a choice. Every day, multiple times a day, we each have a choice. Now, if we're in an environment that leads us to do more decisions that are oriented to the enemy, and by the way, he's a real good fooler. He's a good theater. He's like the guys in Hollywood. They can have a real pretty face, and they're lying sons of bees. They don't care. That's the enemy. But if you find someone who's genuine and true and true, well, they're so human, and you can recognize and deal with those human failures, whatever that word is. I'm not a good English major. My wife used to say, get yourself a college man. I went to college for metallurgy. Let me tell you, I would have been in a steel mill in Pittsburgh right now following my career. But anyways, I didn't go that route. I ended up, I ended up in... Now, G.C. Murphy's, you're from Pennsylvania. Jim, I'm sure you know about G.C. Murphy's. They were in the Keysport. That was the home office. 
and uh, went down there a couple times, and because um, I was in management, and you know sometimes we had to go there for meetings. But that's an old fashioned five and dime store; it doesn't exist anymore. But it's not like the big superstores are today. Like Kresge's turned into Kmart, which is superstore now. They've since gone the way too. But mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is that all we have to recognize is that we need to respect each other, love each other, and find and cling. To he who created us, who wants us to have joy and abundance in our life. And the enemy goes around, and he tries to show you in every way he can. Listen to the evening news. We shouldn't have abundance. We shouldn't be prosperous. They'll come up with every excuse, the enemy, for you not to. Or something that's diminishing. That's not from God. It never is. never was. If it's about creating and being abundant and joyous and fulfilled, God wants that for you and me. And coming to describe it, and that sounds like you discovered that in your life, and maybe there were times when you were doing things back there in the Nam era. I'm sure there was a lot of stuff there that you didn't even talk about it. and But you know, and you experienced it. And to tell it to me, I never experienced that because although I went to all all the uh, uh, different branches of the service, they looked at my, my health record and said, no, no. I went to Coast Guard and they said, well, if they won't let you in, what makes you think we will? I was, you know, I, at that time I didn't know how great the Coast Guard was. And they are. I mean, they're incredible what they do and the lives they touch. But I had cousins that went to war. I have uncles that went to war. I've lost family members. And it's, you can, there's no words to describe it. And mm-hmm. do we wish, pray that that doesn't happen anymore? Well, as long as man is in control and we come up with schemes and we come up with power groups until Christ himself takes it over, we're going to have these problems. Our job, I believe, as he's assigned us, is to spread the good word, let people know that's a positive solution. And, Jim, you are certainly someone that God has recruited. He said, I need you over on our team. And we're so glad you joined. Thank you. I'm going to interrupt for something really, I think is really cool. So, this year is the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. It's also uh-huh. the 225th anniversary of the first voyage of the USS Constitution. Hmm. For me, this is the cool part. It, the Army-Navy game, which is a big college football game, mm-hmm. we played for the first time in Massachusetts. That coincides with these anniversaries. Yeah, that's cool. Night. Well, I'll tell you, um, when you think about the fact that Boston Tea Party happened at a turning point, it's amazing how many times you can look back at turning points, things that happened that make a difference in our lives or in our history. And what happened there in the sense that there were a core of people that had gotten a vision of understanding what being free could be. See, up until that time in the entire world, there was no such thing as a government that set up a set of rules, not regulations, rules to live by. And they were common to everybody. There was, see, in Europe, you were born a serf. If you were, you either was a serf, you could be a landowner, lord over the people, the serfs, or your royalty. And the royalty spent their lives and families trying to kill each other. The lords started to stay in power to stay there, keeping power, and the serfs tried to survive. And the serfs decided they heard about this new world, that they could go and they could start all over and create a new vision for creating a new world. And you know what? They did it. Now, they didn't have much. I mean, think of it this way. I always describe it this way, and I tell the story quite often. 
the pilgrims didn't come over here for a medical policy or a certified retirement 401k. They didn't come here for a job. They came here for the opportunity to be able to grow and become and kind of forge their own future under God. When the greatest thing they did when they got here, they, they landed in Plymouth Rock and got on their knees. And their prayer was not, Lord, find me a job, find me a paycheck on Friday. Their prayer was not, it was thank God for giving them the free opportunity in a new world to go and grow. And they did that. The first year they did the socialist communist way and they shared everything and they starved to death. For our young people to think somehow that socialism and communism is such a great thing, it's, the, it's a, a religion of falsehood, failure, and death. Because it don't work. It's a theory. It's a theory that's never been proven ever to work. We just become, four years ago, we were the greatest country production-wise, freedom-wise, opportunity-wise, everything you can think of health-wise in the world, in the history of mankind. Take away all the tools, lock down all the tools, and what you have now, they call it Bidenomics. And this is not political. This is reality. See, we have got to understand that God wants us to operate by his rules of abundance. That's on the commerce side of things. On, a, on the side, the spiritual side, he wants us to be givers, servers, and helpers. And when we do that, we can't have our finch, our clenches, our finch clenched. We can't have our heart closed. We have got to be willing. Jim, you stepped out. It's not in your normal normal way of doing things to get out and get on this phone call. This is new for you. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you feel welcome. My prayer is that someday you'll be able, you'll talk like me and you'll never shut up. I will right now because I've scared enough. But go ahead, Jim. What are your some observations that you've found so far since you met Mary? Oh, man. Well, she said I had an interesting voice. I didn't say it was interesting. I said you have the voice for radio. <laughs> and I said yes. And yeah. I wasn't the only one that agreed on it. We had all the guys in Reboot agreeing to it. Oh, man. <laughs> it doesn't say you have a face for radio. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, Jim. Linda just said, my wife, she just said, it's better than them telling you you got a face or radio. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so well, let's talk a little bit about the show. It's starting, we had to delay it a week because I was sick. But starting next Friday, and I adjusted the time just a little bit. So 9 a.m. Eastern, that still works for you, right? On Monday. On Monday. Yeah. yeah. We have the new show called Revly, Your Faith Healed Wake Up Call. Gonna, Mary's every... going to get a bugler and she's going to play it off every Monday morning. So you're going to set it on your alarm. <laughs> That's not even funny. I wake up to Revly every, every morning anyway. <laughs> That's cool. When, well, when me and my husband first got together, he wanted to he- see if that was real or if that's a, a mess where we hear it, we wake up. Mm. So he decided to change my ringtone on my phone. He decided to hide out in the garage and call me at four in the morning. This is oh. after I retired and I didn't have to get up at the butt crack of dawn anymore. And it was like a month. So I'm still, you're still in that mindset, you know that first few months mm-hmm. after you get out. So I'm up and dressed <laughs> in five minutes thinking I overslept. And he's standing, sitting there in the garage with a cup of coffee laughing his butt off. Thought it was the whole, most hilarious thing until I realized, you know, I'm not in the barracks no more. I'm not on base. <laughs> well, you're on, Mary, you're on home base. <laughs> True, but your home base doesn't require combat boots and fatigue. Well, it depends who you're married to. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, only when I do yard work. So, Jim, hmm? I just wondered. Uh, I know you're talking about the show next Monday. I'd like to reflect back on uh, the show where each of the people that uh, had uh, gone through the course with Tim uh, and across wherever you lived, and you guys went through a study. Experiential program that would move you from point A to point B, and where it would allow you to learn and then share. In order to in order to graduate, you literally had to be in a position where it wasn't like, "Well, I'm going to do this." It was something that you did out of a love for your faith, love. That you felt that you felt your Holy Spirit felt that what you were going to do, whether it was with a loved one or someone who's a friend, you reached out, you gave out from yourself. And in doing so, you not only the person you helped, but you helped yourself. Would you say that you say that? Would I say that's pretty what? That's pretty what? Consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference it's made in your life. Would you like to share a couple things what you see that it's made a difference in your life? It helped me. Uh, it helped me. Uh, Share a little bit more. Share a little bit more. And uh, get more into the get word. Get more again. into the word again. Yeah, it made me reevaluate myself. Well, that's great. That is that's really good. You know. That's how we change the world. Yeah, this is how we make a difference. And you know, when you, the, as you are comfortable with saying that, and know, and you'll become very comfortable with knowing it, and then you'll see it in the lives of the people that you interact with. And then what happens is, you know, I'll give you an example. Linda, my wife and I, we we have a church home that we had been going to it for a number of years. And early on, uh, that church had an annual Valentine's banquet. All the couples of the church and singles, they went to a restaurant in the middle of February. In Buffalo, in February, it's much like Pennsylvania, only we've got more snow. Um, and sometimes it's colder, and sometimes there's stronger winds, and it's not nice. So on Sunday, Valentine's Day was, and so they planned this party, a group of people at the church, and they made it open to public. It was, anybody could come to it, and, you know, they charged a fee to go, and you got a big prime rib dinner, and they they planned games and music, and we had only been going to the church a month. It was where we were, right after Christmas, we discovered this church. And uh, we got there, and this 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 program was wonderful. They had organized it, and a handful of people got some prizes, which disturbs my wife because we sat at a table where everybody else won something, and we were sitting there. We didn't even get a candy bar or a Hershey Kiss for Valentine's Day. Well, we now today, because we learned, and we love doing that, we have a gift of hospitality. By the way, we learned really on our life that we have a gift of hospitality, so we use it. So we started, and we got a seven-year run where we were provided a Valentine's Day banquet and planned it and everything gone like that. Well, then COVID hit, of course, you know, shut everything down. And um, we've been working at a restaurant, a, a wedding hall with a lady for seven years. And she's back. She didn't go out of business during the uh, COVID because she provided <laughs> she provided funeral breakfasts for families, and she had a way of doing it so that safely, so that people could come to it. And even when our county executive shut everything down, she made it through, and she's still here. She's standing. And so we're in a new church today, and uh, when our church 
Now that I'm getting political, but I'm going to say it. Our church shut down one Sunday because the government, the local county executive, shut churches down. Well, I walked to the door and the door was locked. Oh, I said, I live in America. One of my fundamental rights is an American. And if you touch on my ability to worship and worship with others, my God, that's against the Constitution. That's against the very soul of our country. So I left that denomination. So I'll never be back. And I did. We left. So we found a new place. Things are great. And now we're planning a party for this Valentine's Day. And uh, we have new people because of the new church. So we have different people. We just call them a meeting together, those who volunteered to help us. And the one couple, they have never done anything like this in their life. They're young, but they're, they're professionals, and you know, but they still have never planned something like this. Now, in their mind, you have to go get a budget, figure out what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, how much it's going to cost, do this, and then you start to plan it. Well, you see, I live a life walking by the lead of my Lord and Savior, my God. He directs every step in my life, every day. I know that. And I'm not a robot. I'm free, and I tell you what, in that freedom, we just plan. We say we're going to have this, so we find a place to have it. We go back to Karen, Jacoby's, and say, can we have it? She says, yes, we reserve it. How many people are going to have I don't know, about 80 couples. And we just plan it. But they want to know all the details and have it up front before you plan it. Well, you can't live life like a life like that. That's not how God works. God says if you want to do it, if you can't stay in communication with him, he'll direct your feet. He'll bring the people in your life that are necessary to make it happen. I run my life that way. I run my business that way. I run my everything about what I do. So we've been fairly successful. I mean, they have 80 people come out in the middle of winter in Buffalo, New York, to a banquet on a Saturday night when what you could do is stay at home and watch the polka band play on polka night. Buffalo's got a lot of Polish people on Saturday night. The polka band plays. That's highlights for entertainment in Buffalo. Anyways, I'm being sarcastic. We had this wonderful time. We had karaoke last time we did it, and people were crazy. They paid my best friend not to sing because he can't sing a dime. So I, he wanted to get up the last time we did it, and he got up. He embarrassed me. <laughs> but we had, we had so much fun, and we make a joke out of it. But here's the thing. This couple can't understand. Well, Ron, you haven't set the budget. I said, I don't have a budget. What do you mean you have a budget? I said, we're planning it. We're gonna, we know how to promote it. We'll promote it. Those who will come will come. We have the ideas. Everybody goes out and invites somebody that doesn't go to our church. Invite them to come because it's not at the church. Maybe you want them to come to church, but you were afraid to ask them. Now you can ask them to the banquet. Guess who's going to lead the opening of the, our program? Our pastor. Guess what he's going to talk about? how love and Valentine's Day come together and how, as individuals, we need to flourish and cherish in that blessing. That's what will happen. So people can get church in their better church before, or maybe lately, and we'll have a good time. I had a, a guy come to the one banquet. He's my barber. And he came walking the door, and he came, him and his wife, Janet, and he says, well, Ron, you know, I'm not Catholic. I said, I'm not a Protestant. I'm Catholic. He said, no, we forgive you. It's okay. I was teasing him. And we joked. And then he asked me, where on, where's the bar? This is sponsored by our church, so we don't necessarily. If you'd like a glass of wine, I can have Karen serve you. And we made it that available, so I want to do that. But we're not promoting that because we don't, that's not our object. That's not the vision, mission, mission or our vision for the program. So if somebody does, they can. So fine, go ahead and do it. It's not an issue. So. After the party, he came up to my other last ones to leave, <laughs> and uh, we had dancing. And he came up and said, "Ron, we never thought that Christians could have this much fun without having a bar." They've come to five other banquets since. They've never missed one. See, we just tried. Now, if I had worried about the budget from day one, we never would have gotten the thing put together. That's not how God works. God has an unlimited banquet bank. He can write a million checks for anything that needs to be done. If you just sell out and trust him and know that if you've got a program that you're honoring him and the kingdom, it'll happen. you got to take care of details, but, you know, you don't 
put the details before the vision. Most people live their life trying to live their life by putting the details before the vision. Grab hold of the vision, cling to it, grow it, pray on it, rely on it, and your life will be changed forever. More importantly, you'll change other people's lives too. And so it was a surprise. When that revelation came to me, why this couple, they were shy at first. They were, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How does this happen? I said, frankly, I don't know. We're gonna, some of the people who volunteer on this committee, we're going to go out to the stores and places around town, and we're going to ask them for some donations for door prizes for our Valentine's banquet, honoring love and marriage. And I had a guy, the last party I did, I had a drugstore manager. They had a four-foot-tall box of chocolate, Valentine's chocolate, a big heart. Four-foot tall four and foot stand it up. Stand it up. He donated it to us, and we use it as our grand prize. <laughs> see, see, if you just like God working your life, it's amazing what he can do. Would you agree, Jim? Would you agree, Jim? Yeah. Yeah. Are you still there? still there? I hope I didn't bore you. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wouldn't be intentional. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Go ahead, Mary. Since you're going to talk, anyways. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. So, when you ask yes or no questions, you're gonna get yes or no questions. Well, that's just because he's he's used to doing that, Jim. As you get more comfortable and you feel at ease and you feel that there's you know, there's no wrong answer on this call. I hope you know that. And we have a couple sayings. I know. What's like the church I go to, the one one dynamic that I found when we walked in the door, and I've, it's been every day since the day we went there a year ago. We've only been at this church a year. There's no judgment. See, that's not my job. That's not their job. It's not your job. That's God. There's nobody here that is in a position on this call or this organization for judgment. What we're here for is to lift each other up and find ways to make you feel comfortable about being who you are and how you have something to contribute that is valuable. And you can make a difference. And as you feel more comfortable, yes and no becomes, what's it? why isn't he telling me more? You'll find that happening, Jim, real soon. <laughs> it's just automatic. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's different than yes and no. Just remember that, Mary. <laughs> we've expanded. We've expanded Jim's vocabulary from yes and no, and now we have a third word called okay. All right. Next, we'll get into two syllable, two syllable words. Next. Yeah, like alrighty I'm, then. There you go. And, well, that's two words. Now you really you're going over the top, Jim. I don't know if we can handle that. I know. I'm just like a hurdler. There you go. Well, I'll tell you, we are just we're just so fortunate that this platform has grown to such a way that we have all kinds of people and it's okay. And there are people who unlike me are like you. And that's okay. I just mean because I talk a lot. In fact, sometimes my wife says, Why don't you shut up? We're married 50 years, okay? So I've done it good enough that she's she's hung around. And to tell you the truth, we're at our 50th wedding anniversary in March, the first week of March. We'll be in uh, Cancun. And I'm going to be recovering because two weeks before this big Valentine's banquet, I'm having a knee replaced. I'm just changing the chassis, that's all. You know, got some parts worn on it, a stabilizer bar here. 
in my knee. It's uh, giving out and uh, some things that just aren't working like they used to, and they hurt. You know, well, and I don't. I'm not into pain, Jim. I'm sure yeah. you're not either. I don't like pain, so if I can get rid of it or avoid it, anything that's legal, anything that's proper, anything that's good for me, I'm going to use it. And if it isn't, then I'm not. You know, that's that's just those are my personal guidelines. Everybody else has different guidelines they operate by, but I find that. I find that I can be around people who encourage me to use and be the best I can be. And so even if I'm not feeling great, it's like Mary today. She's sicker. She won't tell you, Jim, but she's sicker than Doug. Oh, no, he and, got my text message yesterday. I told him I, the whole family's going to all break okay, out. Well, so that's why I was so adamant about her going to bed because – she didn't listen. She'll listen to me somewhat, <laughs> but there's only, yeah, it only goes so far. I only have so much influence. You've got to remember, too, though. We're ex-military. Think we let a little cold stop us? Well, we have to be on our yeah, you, before we stop moving. Well, your mission, part of your mission is to be healthy. And so as the commander-in-chief here, CEO, I can kind of influence you and cause you to do certain things. And if, I, if that doesn't do, I'll get Andy after you. They're in real, real trouble. And then I have another leverage. I get the kids. See, I got a, I got a, I got a final. You will not give in to the kids. <laughs> they got you. <laughs> That's true. You know, but you gotta complete the mission first. Well, right now your mission is to get better. That's if you don't get better, the rest of the mission's irrelevant. So I can discern that. <laughs> so we have some fun we have some fun with it. You know, there's days you've told me so I just hang up the phone and go away. Uh, that's that's my solution. I uh, Jim, I had a stroke three years ago. You might not recognize that. Uh, and you might not know I've got flat feet, you know, but in spite of that, we get things done. We just have to do it because somebody's got to do it. And, uh, you know, and there's different people that step up to the plate. And sometimes they go, I'm not qualified. They say, well, who said anything about being qualified? Still got to do it. You know, I'm so glad Gideon, he was this guy in, in the Old Testament that uh, his family was, they, the way they described him, they were the least of the least. They were they were nobody. He had nobody shown into his t-shirt. His mom just, you know, don't ever think you're going to be anything. You're nobody. And uh, he had a broken down wine press that they used to hide it so the bullies on the block wouldn't steal it and attack them. So one day he's out, in the, out by his little wine press and the, the angels and the host came upon him and said, you mighty man of valor. And he did the world famous Bill Cosby line. Who, me? That's where that came from, by the way. He made a lot of money from being able to say, who, me? You know, and so God, the angel said, you mighty man of valor. And so they gave him a mission. And his mission was to take and build, take the army and go after and go after the enemy and destroy him. Of course, he's slow. He can't speak well. He's uh, got stutter, uh, he's got a limp, a bad club foot. He's anything better what you look at. To look at him and say, you know, mighty man of valor. But God takes the least of the least of the least, and he turns them into heroes. And his name was Gideon. And you heard about a Gideon Bible. There are never all the hotels in the country in the world. They have Bibles out to schools and hospitals all over the world, nursing homes. They got white ones for ladies. They got green ones for high school kids. They got dark green ones for veterans. So when you go in the Army, veterans give you a Bible so you have something to cling to when you're there. A lot of times people in, in World War II, some had metal covers on them, and guys would get shot, and what saved their life was a Bible in their shirt pocket. So it's there to protect you. And uh, today I remember we have a world-class restaurant tour, a guy that owns some of the best restaurants in the world. 
called Russ Solvers. Salva, I had uh, Salvatore's Gaudi Gardens, a famous resort and hotel and restaurant, and then he built Russell Steaks and more. Two of the top. Mary, is uh, Russ Salvatore run a pretty good operation? Oh, yeah. And not to mention, he's First a really point. very sweet guy. Well, anyways, before he would open, he had built two hotels here in town. Both of them, the one he's in now, while lives out of, is like a Vegas, Las Vegas steakhouse. It's really, the food's not too bad either, is it, Mary? Um, It's good. I like some of it. Some of it's a little out of my league. It's a world-class restaurant, and they serve gourmet, but they have steaks I, well, and lobster. I didn't know what some of it was. What's that? I didn't know what some of it was. Oh, okay. It's it's more than what I normally eat. You know, I live in a small town in the middle of nowhere, so I have, like, Perkins and stuff like that. I don't have fancy restaurants. Well, that's what he is. Well, he, the reason I'm bringing him up is he promotes us living in abundance and helps people to have joy. And enjoying and extended. He has a hotel where you go and you're, you're sleeping in his hotel. They got jacuzzis, not in the bathroom, in the bedroom. <laughs> a friend of ours who's a former, he's a military veteran also, a lieutenant colonel retired. He's the guy who was in charge of putting those satellites up. So we have GPS, Rick Reese. His wife, Brenda, got in the hot tub. She didn't want to get out of it. <laughs> they want to come down because they are having such a great time in the room. <laughs> but, you know, we're all about serving other people. And, and we just look for the joy in doing that. And you can do that wherever you're planted. You know, um, I'll tell you what I miss uh, here in Buffalo, Jim. Uh, we have a restaurant. I think it might have, I think it started in Pittsburgh from what I know because that's where I found it. It was called Bravo, Italian restaurant. I loved the ambiance, the way it was decorated. Their food was always incredible, all kinds of basic homemade Italian food. We used to go in and get lobster bisque soup, a Caesar salad. They had the best soft garlic bread. Oh, it was just, we'd go, that was our, that was our meal. We'd just get garlic bread, Caesar salad, and lobster bisque. And they are not in Buffalo. They closed down during COVID. They closed down and haven't reopened. But it was a mm. great, and I, I found them. Um, I used to do a lot of work at uh, um, in Pittsburgh at um, uh, Town Square, uh, and uh, my customer was the advertising agency, Mark, for uh, Mellon Bank and Rite Aid and some other organizations. The malls, Century Three Mall was our account, and we used to do all the decoration and the signs and displays for that mall. So I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, the Stillers, you know, I never was a Stiller fan, though. I'm sorry. Not going to be that, Jim. Uh, they lost yesterday. I was disappointed. Anyways, guys, I, I think what we're talking about today, we hope, Jim, that you will feel more comfortable. Come back, obviously, Monday's the show. And we look forward to you to be engaging. And you know what? When you What happens when you become engaged? engaging with other people, you bring out the best in them. See, I still don't know whether you like <laughs> Italian food, Polish food. Well, what's your favorite? Like, you are you a steak eater or are you a chicken eater? Do you like pork? Do you like, what, what kind of food do you like, Jim? I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy. Okay, so if I put a nice prime rib with a fluffy baked potato, sour cream, and chives, and dribble a little cheddar over that, too. I put that down next year with a, an inner corn, corn on the cob, and a bananas foster dessert. You'd find that nice? Oh, it'd be gone, yeah. It'd be gone. There you go. I know you like it. <laughs> well, that's good. I just learned this morning, I was going through my um, Google for some things I was looking to pick up, and um, 
they had a special that said what when cooking prime rib, uh, uh, you know, prime rib, you nor beef for that matter, you need to over season it. Beef needs over seasoning. It doesn't hurt it. It'll help bring out the meat, the the, the beefiness in it. So I, I got no argument with me. I love take a great steak and put it on the grill. Bless you for Mary for Mary coming to town. She put forty people together, kids and parents, and uh, she got them got a couple of vehicles together, Jim, and she got them to come drive fourteen hours to come to Buffalo for a Memorial Day service, which was incredible. We had the original Top Gun, a friend of ours in the show, Len Kane. He founded the Golden Rule Society, nominated for five Nobel Peace Prizes for his work with Golden Rule. He's on our radio show on Fridays at noon. By the way, he's a guest. You can meet him. He retired Rear Admiral. They thought they could keep him in, but he had kids, new kids. And he said, Said no. I spent 25 years of my life here in the service and flew top. I was Top Gun multiple times, East Coast, West Coast, National. Helped found you heard of Miramar Naval School. That's the school that teaches the best pilots to be better. They made a movie about it. You know, Top Gun. Well, he was original, and uh, you get to meet him in person. Well, he was in Buffalo, so Mary brought all the kids over. They did the Pledge of Allegiance at the memorial service. It was. And I'll tell you what, it was, I get goosebumps just sitting here talking about it. Mary arranged all that. Mary, she was like the Pied Piper. She led the group, and they got here, and they were great. You would have been so proud to see them stand on stage in front of a thousand people at a, at a website where they, or at a, a, a memorial site, where they put up 7,300 flags representing all the veterans we lost to post-war traumatic syndrome. And uh, the organization um, Battle Within, they sponsored this program and run Len Kane. And he shared about a program he calls Kindness Club, Kindness Campaign. Next time we get on the phone together, we can talk about that if you'd like. And you can find out all about what Ariana, you know, I remember talking about the princess at the beginning of the show. Well, mm-hmm. her and Len Kane, Captain Len, put together the Kindness Club for Kids. So well, if we have our way, Len Kane and Ariana are going to be on the Mike Huckabee show. We're working on that right now. Uh, we're running low on time here today. And, Jim, I want to salute you and thank you for coming on today. We appreciate you. We know this is thank new and different. Me. It's definitely Hope different. you like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, you have a blessed day. And this, this is how I end when I when I actually host. Normally, I, I host a show on Travel Tuesday, but I end, end the show many times like this. Try and be a blessing to somebody else. Our theme for the Hope Collection, which we encourage you to join, it's free, and you'll get all kinds of all kinds of benefits for you and your family. And uh, I mean, real. Uh, but we're helping somebody else help somebody else. See, everybody helps somebody. But if you help somebody else, learn to help somebody else. We multiply our numbers. We create momentum. We prevent. You heard about breaking cadence, Jim, when you're marching. Break cadence so you don't knock. When you go across the bridge, you don't knock it down because the impact is multiplied multiple times when you have cadence. And so we break cadence so that... The enemy wants us to break cadence all the time. Instead of joining and becoming arm-in-arm, walking together, marching together, leading together, we can make a difference in this world, and that's what we're doing. So, guys, have a blessed day. Thank you, Mary. Thanks for letting me host your show today. look forward to talking with you some more and learning more about the mighty Jim from Pennsylvania. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Night. Hello. Yes. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.